Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Drink Terramana Tequila, and it's me, the Rock Bruiser, Holden McNeely, and I tell you what, I'm going to go bone hard for this new film, because that's how I go with every new film. I got more ripped in my grip. Stronger than ever for the Black Adam feature role that I'll be playing as the Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Put it in your mouth. Chew it up till it kills you. That's my new slogan for some other, for rock chips. Eat them. They're hard as rocks. And when you're done with those rock chips, brother, you got to drink a Zoa, the world's first positive energy beverage made from all natural ingredients except the sugar-free one, which is a scientific nightmare of atrocities of the molecular kind. But are you hustling day in, day out? Do you got to do 50 reps at the gym before you single dad your way to your entrepreneurship fellowship? (laughs) Zoa energy drink. Never stop hustling. Society has no bearing on outcomes. You, it's all on you. Can you smell? what the black adam is killing because he kills for justice that's his whole thing he's the dirty harry of comic books i don't know if you knew that but that's the whole thing and now we can in the episode 800 dirty harrys of comic books <laughs> well, he's the punisher what, okay, for we're DC. getting into it we're getting into we're it we're getting out of it i want out of it jay get me out of this no, episode okay. all right all right <laughs> Black Adam is one of the weirdest characters. We the fact that we're even covering this <laughs> on an episode. You made me do this. You made me do this. I'm not making you do this. The fucking forces of nature and commerce are making us do this. I'm kidding. I I would I absolutely will do an episode featuring The Rock any day of the fucking week and put that in your pipe and smoke it, dear listeners. Okay. All right. <laughs> the comic book antihero. The, we're talking the Punisher. We're talking Wolverine. We're talking Venom. All these cool. Those are all Marvel characters. Dark characters drenched in black, willing to kill, willing to do what must be done. I remember being a comic book nerd back in as a little kid in the 90s, and it was always a big deal when someone was like, no, you don't get it. This character kills dudes because he does what's got to be done. And that sounded so badass. And that's why cops like him today. (laughs) Honestly, if I see a bunch of fucking Blue Lives Matter lightning bolts after this movie, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. I'm going to be so fucking mad, dude. Uh, And then they'll (laughs) see that I'm mad and beat me up in the streets and they will have no recall. They will just be able to get away with it. Anyway. (laughs) 
The fact is, this fucking dude with his widow's peak and pointy ears and mishmash of like Egyptian and Middle Eastern tropes in his fanciful booties has like, there's no reason why this should be the fucking avatar of dark masculine power that like The Rock is building him up to be. And that we'll get into like how that happened, but it's still just, it's, it's <laughs> as a comic book fan, like I barely in the nineties, black Adam was barely a blip on I the radar. I literally never heard of this character until like yeah. the movie was announced with the rock. Like he doesn't show up in like the old justice league cartoons. He doesn't show up in like, he wasn't part of the superpowers collection. Like, even in the original Captain Marvel run, as we'll get into, he appeared in one issue in the 1940s and was basically forgotten. Um, and then sometime in the in the 2000s, Jeff Johns and David Goyer got a hold of this character and just made him into this stoic, like, badass uh -huh. to the point where in 2007, he was the most violent like centrally featured character of massive comic book events. This kind of what if Superman just like ripped people's faces off and talked about protecting what he loved. <laughs> and at that exact time in the 2000s, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was getting movie roles and going to conventions and people were like, oh, you should be this guy. And he was like, oh, uh, I, I should, I guess. And it took 15 years for it to actually happen. And the fact that like he never just was like, well, this is a silly character and I'm a near billionaire now. I don't have to do it. The fact that he stuck with it and he saw the Marvel movies and he saw the DC extended universe and all of these other trends in the superhero world and he still decided fucking sour puss Egypt guy was his guy. You know, still. I think though that's the part of that just comes from at this point, it's like a fucking arms race when it comes to big high profile actors and wanting, you know, getting in on the superhero thing, right? So mm. many of the giant landmark ones have been taken. So unless they, you know, unless they recast Iron Man or some shit, which would be 20 years from now, maybe they will. But, you know, right now, no one's giving up their spot. Everyone wants to these iconic roles. And now they are so tightly associated with them that there are people like The Rock that don't want to, you know, that want a piece of that meat that want to, you know, because they want to take over everything. I don't think The Rock, yes, he was asked interview I was reading recently where it was like, do you want to be a billionaire? And he was just like, fuck yeah, brother. But at the <laughs> same time, I don't think it's just about money for him. I think it's about like he wants a piece, he wants a hand in every big chunk of like entertainment meat that he can get because that's just like, that's what he thirsts for. It's what he hungers for. And so I think it's comes, I, I feel like, like, I feel like if he had any option, anyone whatsoever, maybe he'd go Thor. Maybe he'd go the Hulk. I don't know. You know, he'd be like just the Hulk version, though. And then he, like, cast a weird gangly guy that looks like him to play the... There's uh, something about Black Adam and the way he is positioned as, quote-unquote, a badass. 
that makes him right. like prime for the rock. The rock since the moment he's been attached to this thing has right. relished in the idea that this isn't like your daddy Superman. This yeah, is that's a true. dark badass who's all powerful and is like you don't fuck with him, brother. Yeah, I think that's a big that's a big part of it. I think his like sheer power in the books too mm-hmm. is actually a big dick hard turn on for the rock, right? Like yeah. he wants he wants that guy and he even said I have some quotes he's just like I got more shredded more fucking dog meat ripped for this role than any other role the rock Dwayne the rock you know he just keeps saying his name over Dwayne the rock Johnson's ever I I, I bit off the biggest chunk of burger bite I could chew to play this game you know what I mean he's just saying all sorts of crazy shit like that the for rock this role. is 50 years old like he's gonna be this is a 50 year old man yeah and like he could lift my yeah. house yeah <laughs> But soon his power will begin to fade, and that will make him even more mad. No, he's going to turn harder into sight. Like, Zoa will come with, like, HGH built into the can. And he'll just get even more freakish and monstrous as every year yeah, goes yeah. by. He, but he is, uh, you know, and I was going to say, the only thing that I feel like is a little off for him is I see him more as a Marvel guy than a DC guy. But I've also heard him in quotes saying stuff like when he joined the Fast and the Franchise uh, a Fast and the Furious franchise, he said something along the lines of like, I'm Viagra for movie franchises. Like mm-hmm. I'm, fi- I, I come in, I fucking beef it up. I take something that's flagging a bit and I fucking get it dick hard again. And yeah, I keep talking about hard dicks because I'm talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't know how else to describe what's going on with him. But he he goes in and he fucking beefs him up. So I bet he sees the DC universe as something that has got some things going for it, but it's not like where Marvel is. Um, and I think he's, you know, I ha- again, I have him talking about in ways about how he's like looking to, you know, blow this franchise back out, you know, get the DCU back into DCU status and not just like what I think they should do, which is more interesting side stories for just for added meta bullshit to like put on again, this most unlikely of characters, genuinely the most surreal, like the Captain Marvel's Vegeta or Shazam. The character is officially known as Shazam. Yeah. Like that is way been settled. But again, I'm old. So in my head, he's still Captain Marvel. Uh, whatever. Like the Vegeta of the DC universe for added bullshit on top of everything that we're going to be talking about. Warner Brothers Discovery is in a tailspin right now, bleeding money, making insane decisions, like removing shows from their streaming. Uh, like it might collapse within the next month or so, all based on whether or not this fucking movie does well, which will literally be based on the fact that like, does the 50 year old rock in a black bodysuit with a little lightning bolt just being like power, family, vengeance, like move the needle and get people's butts in movie Well, I know, I'll tell you this. Do you like um, flying rigs for superheroes? Mm-hmm. The answer is no, because they're they're old baby shit. They got robots for this one, bro. Robots. Does other does Marvel have fucking robots for their instead of flying rigs uh, that the 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 super strapped to this program to make them fly in insane ways that a mere set of wires would never be able to match up to. I, no, the answer is no. They, this is going to, you know what I mean? They're putting so much bull cum into the <laughs> making of this. 
<laughs> movie. <laughs> I love talking about this. There's something about The Rock's just whole vibe, his cheap meals, mm-hmm. his tequila, his drive, his like, I'm at the gym, it's fine. I love the whole <laughs> idea too. It's like, it's 9 p.m. and I'm at the gym. That's how early I get up. You know what I mean? It just gets to the point where it just goes, wipes back around. They just wake up at 8 a.m. Normal, like normal people. Mm-hmm. He is a maniac, and this and superhero movies are kind of big muscle, the big muscle heads of of you know this the cinema. cinema, and so I just love it. I just love this massive push, and that it has taken so long. That's it. That's really what I just. That is the core. That is the the thing driving uh, the energy. This episode is how much over the top. Like, just late-stage capitalist nonsense in soul energy is being burned at a white-hot inferno rate for Teth Adam, Black (laughs) Adam. Right. The guy with the pointy ears and the wing and the widow's peak and the, like, fictional Middle Eastern Like, why didn't Superman ever get this treatment? You know what I mean? Like, that's why I think it feels so weird. Because it just... Why didn't, you know, Batman did with the Dark Knight films, especially, I feel like you could you could say like, yeah, that's kind of what they're going for in a lot of ways. Like we're really trying to blow your brains open with this. But Batman's Batman. Black Adam. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I, I will say this, too. I was very unfamiliar with Captain Marvel and Shazam and any of that. And that was one of my more probably uh enjoyed you know superhero movie experiences in the last several years i really enjoyed shazam i saw it out here in la before i moved out here i was out here visiting and i was so pleasantly surprised i was like i just saw it to see it it was like a middle of the afternoon let's just there's four movies playing in this theater what should we watch and i was like wow this is great you know i think it came out around the time deadpool 2 Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i like this so much more and i'm so surprised and so I think at the same time, the power of a new IP or uh, something like Black Adam that a lot, a lot of people aren't as familiar with is, you know, it can kind of do maybe something that makes you go, wow, okay, interesting. This is, you know, this is different and it doesn't have to be tied to a long lineage of different takes on the character and all this kind of stuff. Also, I just want to throw it out there. We know he can sing. He's won, I believe even won a Grammy for his work on Moana. So put him in that Joker musical. If you're, you know what I mean? Let's get him in there. Get the rock in there. Honestly, I would love swole Joker. Uh, Joker three, colon, swole Joker. Swolker, yeah. I love that. Let's get into it. This is going to be a show. Have I ever told you how I got these gains? <laughs> yeah! Um, we know we're trapped in here with you. You're bigger than all of us. You're huge. I get it. We're fucked. You're going to beat our fucking heads in. Black Adam, a supervillain and antihero published by DC Comics as a major nemesis of the Shazam family, also known as the Marvel family, who first appeared in the Marvel family comic book in 1945, published by Fawcett Comics. He came into more prominence, however, in the 1970s when DC Comics licensed and acquired the Fawcett characters and told stories with them under the title Shazam. And then you even mentioned, I feel like he's come even more into... Uh, popularity, or at least used by a lot of writers, like as time has gone on and more into the 2000s and stuff, which makes sense, especially if you look at like how broody shit was. And like, of course, they'd be like, we need our Joker or I mean, our Punisher, you know, Mm -hmm. like we need our version of that vigilante kind of deal. And 
we'll just use this Egyptian guy for it um, and change it to a North African tribe at one point um, as well. Yeah. All that gets confusing, but we'll get in there. Also, he's married to the lady from the 70s uh, Wonder Woman knockoff Isis. That's also Yes, true. that's another thing. And, you know, uh, we're, you just mentioned that. We're talking family here. I think the first interesting tidbit that I was like, oh, no shit. You know, when it came to learning about this whole franchise and especially like the Captain Marvel thing, Superman was already around, Batman, stuff like that. But it was actually Captain Marvel that really introduced like that introduced the concept of like a family of superheroes. Like Mm -hmm. you have Superman, Supergirl, you know, all that kind of stuff. You have, you know, you have Batman and, you know, uh, eventually you would get all the, uh, you know, Batgirl or Bat. Well, I don't know what they call her, but you know what I mean? You have you have these like kind of built out and even the dog wears a cape and can fly. Well, they weren't really doing that back in the day with those franchises. But Captain Marvel came along and that's when it was like everyone's got a cape and everyone fights crime in this crazy wild family uh so yeah captain marvel um comes along when superman and batman are already big hits in the golden age uh and this is by the way uh fawcett publications uh fawcett publications start their comic division in 1939 and they recruit staff writer bill parker to create some superheroes for them fawcett comics executive director ralph day had this to say when bill parker and i went to work on fawcett's first comic book in the late night in late 1939 we both saw how poorly written and illustrated the superhero comics were we decided to give our reader a real comic book drawn in comic strip style and telling an imaginative story based not on the hackneyed formulas of the pulp magazine but going back to the old folk tales and myths of classic times which is maybe what brings us to egypt a little bit here so yeah i mean the fact is is that If you read, like, not even we've gone over this in our Batman and Superman episodes, those, like, honest to God, golden age comics, those 1930s, 40s deals are really painful and bonkers to read. They are like semi dream state, quickly improvised, hastily drawn. Batman says, smoke cigarettes and beat your woman. Like, you know, (laughs) it's, it really is just. They're just not high literature. You know, the the iconography is there, but it they're just like gonzo. Um, and uh, specifically, Captain Marvel, uh, the main artist who kind of pushed the character to prominence was a guy named C.C. Beck, who, uh, short for Charles Clarence Beck, who had this like much more rounded, much more friendly, much more approachable art style. Um, writer Otto Binder also kind of contributed to a much more wholesome and child-facing stories. Uh, the fact that Captain Marvel, you know, was B- uh, Billy Batson and turned into a hero uh-huh. made him a much more approachable character for the kids buying these things for a nickel at the newsstand. Kind of predating Spider-Man a little bit on that, too. Oh, by decades. And yeah. even predating, you know, because Robin, the whole reason they introduced Robin is because kids actually enjoy stories more where they have a point of view character. Right. And instead of just giving him a kid sidekick, why not just make the kid the hero? It, it really solved a lot of problems. There's talking Tawny, the, uh, you know, which has all this. He's a big talking tiger in a suit who's like a funny animal character. The villains are like little caterpillar guy, Mr. Mind and Dr. Savannah and uh, the Marvel family. As you said, there's girl Captain Marvel. There's teen Captain Marvel. There's even Uncle Marvel, the hilarious oafish older man. Um, 
And so Black Adam's first appearance in Marvel Family number one in 1945 is just a real simple one and done story. The Wizard Shazam uh, basically calls everybody in and is like, hey, funny story. You're not the first uh, Billy Batson. You're not the first person I chose as my guardian. I actually picked this guy in ancient Egypt and he immediately snapped the Pharaoh's neck and tried to conquer the world. Teth Adam. And uh, that will be that is. the Rock's character's name in the film up to today, even. Uh, and yeah, this is the sort of Shazam kind of went into hiding after that or, 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 or at least balked at choosing a successor because of how poorly things went with uh, the Egyptian one from, from ancient or the ancient Egyptian one, rather. And there's a fun game was established with the character because, you know, he starts throwing down uh, with uh, with Black Adam. And the idea is. Uh, because he was made into Shazam's champion, he's invulnerable, so you can't beat him physically. And so Shazam sent him to a faraway star system and hoped that he just wouldn't come back. And the idea was Black Adam just flew in a straight line for 5,000 <laughs> years back to Earth pissed off. <laughs> it reminds me like of uh, like Vig- a Venture Bros yeah. concept or something. Yeah, so he shows up, he finds the Marvel family, has taken his place, and he battles them, and uh, they take him down by, get this, because uh, it's going to happen quite a bit, tricking him into saying the word Shazam, which uh, seems to just keep falling for that over and over again all throughout his uh, comic books career. It's really unfortunate. Just don't say the word, uh, Black Adam, just, just please stay away from it. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, you know, c- comes and goes, uh, in that early time, which happens, I feel like a lot with mainstay characters that return years and years later. And then a very interesting thing happens. He is never used for 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah. And largely too. I mean, it's kind of shocking that he even comes back into play, especially considering the major reason being this lawsuit that DC comics decides to leverage against Fawcett comics in 1941 for copyright infringement. They feel the character captain Marvel is a ripoff of their own Superman. This leads to seven years of litigation with a trial finally taking place in 1948 with the initial verdict landing in Fawcett's favor. The judge deemed the character to be in fact an infringement uh, on the copyright. However, they also deemed that DC had lapsed on their Superman copyrights. So this made it moot that they, they had fucked up somewhere in the keeping up of the copyright. I'm not really sure exactly how that worked, but it was all reversed in 1952. A judge found that the character itself was not an infringement. However, some stories and actions taken by the character, like different feats of strength and stuff like that, were direct ripoffs from Superman. So Fawcett ends up settling with DC out of court. Um, And this just essentially straight up aligns with the character also just suffering in sales with the golden age of superhero uh, of comic books dying and therefore popularity of superheroes dying. Uh, We all know, you know, World War II happens, Superman, all those characters, Captain America, all all those guys, they they all kind of lose favor. We don't need superheroes anymore. Hitler got his fucking brains blown open by his own, you know, hand. And so also just the comic book. I mean, we covered this in the EC comics uh, episode just by the time the late 40s and 50s rolled around. The kids that grew up on like Tales of Daring Do and Funny Animal Adventures were like, 
I don't know, these other comics where people get murdered by vampires and ghouls. It's yeah. like way more compelling. I'm going to see some, yeah, uh, werewolf like rip a, open a woman's tits or something. That's more my game these days. No, something like that. A horny werewolf man with a big ass or something. I That's think, what they want. Uh, no, this was, this was the bit we did that whole, it's like, Willikers. Willikers, Stevie. You know, I th- I thought I liked uh, bank robbers getting socked on the noggin, but I think what I really like is a woman in a negligee being dumped in a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> so, for some reason, for some reason, <laughs> I find it infinitely more compelling. <laughs> so, Fawcett pays DC four hundred thousand dollars in damages, ceases publication of the book, and they fire their entire comic book staff. And so, Captain Marvel would eventually make his return in DC Comics under the name Shazam. Now, why would that be, Jake? Why would they have to change his name? Well, because in the intervening years, uh, you know, Marvel Comics becomes a thing, and I think. I should have tracked down the exact uh, timeline of events, but similar to Superman, you know, to copyright lapses will get bite you in the ass. And, uh, you know, Marvel found out that there was a void that they could get away with naming a character Captain Marvel, and they went for it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I also just love how fucking cutthroat these guys are. They all ripped off the family of superheroes thing. Like everybody's ripping everyone off. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it's just, it's so absurd. Fawcett got fucked, man, in other words. So, uh, but regardless, uh, they bring the character back as Shazam. And uh, Shazam number one was published in early 1973, which included news stories as well as reprints from the old book. Interestingly enough, they kept the Fawcett years as canon. Uh, And yeah. yeah. So I actually read uh, a couple of issues from this 70s run, and it's fascinating. They brought back C.C. Beck, the original artist that like cemented this, uh, the Captain Marvel Fawcett Comics look. And at this point, he was literally tending bar in Florida. He had been out of the comics industry for years and they brought him back. One of the first things that happens is a young Billy Batson is like, Gee, it feels like I've been in suspended animation for 20 years. And he like <laughs> says hi to literal Otto Binder, his writer, and is like, hey, I'm back. And he's like, why? You just look just like Billy Batson. Like, it's super meta. It's super fun. Um, and yeah, they just they basically pick it up like nothing is happening. At the same time, in the 70s, uh, a TV show called Shazam uh, becomes popular. It's part of, a, you know, 70s kids Saturday morning um, 
uh, d- uh, television canon where, you know, uh, d- at this point, it's uh, Billy Batson and his uncle do the Incredible Hulk adventure thing where they just drive around the country and solve problems. And then there's like a poorly choreographed fight scene with uh, Captain Marvel and the villain of the day for some reason. Uh, it actually ran uh, alongside The Secret of Isis, another kind of live action superhero show that was m- very much in the vein of Wonder Woman called this, yeah, Secret of Isis, and it was aired as the Shazam Isis Hour. So the character was having a little bit of a resurgence, and among all of this, I believe it's issue 28 in this run they bring yes, back? Yes, number 28. This is an insane issue from the beginning, like just basically takes as given, like you guys read this one random-ass comic from the 1940s, here's Black Adam, he's and, back. And uh, let's just take him to 1776. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, they fly uh, because the first thing Black Adam wants is to get revenge on the wizard Shazam. So he flies faster than the speed of light to get reach the Rock of Eternity, which is, of course, the seed of the wizard's power. You guys know. You guys you know, know the about the seed of the wizard's wizard seed. power. Yeah, yeah, it's tales all this time. They t- make it a point. Someone actually in the uh, comic says like, hey, Shazam. You're named after all these like uh, biblical and Greek characters, you know, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, uh, uh, Apollo. Uh, who's who's the other guy? Who's the other Martha. Guy? <laughs> yeah, wait, hold on. This is going to kill me. Uh, Mercury. Mercury, yeah. right. The wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles. And, and- the consternance of Martha. <laughs> Different movie. <laughs> Anyway, the writers actually go ahead and it's like, oh, yeah, that made no fucking sense since ancient Egypt actually preceded all of those other cultural figures. No, 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 no. Uh, Actually, Shazam stands for the stamina of Shu, the swiftness of Horus, the strength of Amon, the wisdom of Zehuti, and the power of Aten and the courage of Mehen. Great save. Thank God. Otherwise, uh, I'd be like, this character makes no sense. I'd be no so sense. thrown off. So when he inter- uh, when he has that interaction with Paul Revere and the <laughs> Shazam number 28, I'm like, oh, okay, at least the ancient Egyptian gods uh, lore was replaced. Uh, yeah, it's a wacky issue. So all, yeah, all these Golden Age shenanigans are still happening, which it must have been like a fun throwback for readers uh-huh. back then. Finally, finally, Black Adam confronts the exact same character, Uncle Marvel, and uh, he's like, ah, I finally, I'll get my revenge on you after you tricked me back in the 1940s. And Uncle Marvel goes like, oh, yeah, that's right. I tricked you into saying, what was it again? Zazoom? Shazoink? What was it? And he's like, it was Shazam. You tricked me into saying Shazam. Oh, no. (laughs) That's right. He tricks him into saying Shazam yet again. Dude, I'm so hoping that they make, they trick The Rock into saying Shazam. Uh, That would be so fucking funny. Um. Also, just in this issue in uh, in Shazam 28, I believe, uh, he comes back to life because the evil scientist, Dr. Savannah, who is played by Mark Strong in the Shazam movie, if I'm not mistaken, mm. builds a reincarnation machine that can bring anybody completely back from the dead. And Black Adam just wakes up, just goes, 
Oh, cool. Shazam! And breaks it. He's like, I. this seems like it'll cause a lot of problems for like me and the writers and everybody if you have a bring people back to life machine. So I'm just going to smash it. <laughs> so yeah, they. Uh, this establishes Black Adam as a regular foe for Captain Marvel and team in the DC Comics initial run. He eventually joins the Monster Society of Evil. Good Lord. Do we have to... Uh, all right, we get it. You guys are bad. Uh, and <laughs> that leads up to the crisis on Infinite Earths. And then we can cut to, you know, what you mentioned before, I think the real meat of all of this, like where they, how this all ended up becoming a DCU event, mm. the, you know, uh, the films and everything. Jerry Ordway's uh, Power of Shazam, uh, the Shazam we've all come to know and love in the modern era, uh, it came about, uh, especially if you saw that first movie, came from the mind of Jerry Ordway, and that started in 1994 with the Power of Shazam. This led to an ongoing series uh, and here we have Black Adam, born as Teth Adam, the son of the ancient Egyptian pharaoh, uh, Ramses II, and ends up... Uh I hate that. I I liked it better when he was just a random Egyptian guy that yeah. immediately got power and was like, fuck this, I'm going to conquer the world. But yeah. no. <laughs> but it, it gives him this like uh, Prince Namor kind of royal baron, uh-huh. which is a key part of his character. And, and he's a good guy. He impresses the wizard Shazam with his good deeds. So the wizard gives him his seed. No, the wizard gives him the power to become the superhero Mighty Adam uh, uh, just by saying the word Shazam, of course. Uh, and at first he continues to be good, but later becomes seduced by Shazam's evil daughter, Blaze, who convinces him that they should rule Egypt. So he kills bro. the pharaoh. Bro, and you know what himself. it's like bro when you're code, doing bro. your best and then some hot demon lady yep. with like a snatched waist, big old titties and two giant ram horns and spiky teeth tell you that you gotta kill everybody. Bro, and by the way, if that ever happens to me, I need you to step up and I need you to stop that from happening to me, okay? Hey, um... Holden, listen, I know Lexi's great. Don't get me wrong. Lexi is great, but she's been like whispering in your ear with like kind of a snake like temper, like they doubt you. You must destroy. Them. What are you talking? I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Kill the Jake <laughs> man for me. Ooh, and then okay, you dude, get dude, she's doing it right now. Lost. Like, see what she's doing right now? Bro, now bro, you bro. get my lost if you kill that man for me. All she's right, literally well. singing. She's singing about how you should kill me. You Have you ever seen my hammer before? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, bro, man. Oh, it's those dude. gnashing. Do you know how I feel about gnashing teeth? All right, that's my thing. <sighs> Hold I'm a, on, I'm I a gotta get some teeth, guys. For my eye socket, you like <laughs> put a hammer through it. You're supposed to be dead right now, man. I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I just really gotta finish this episode, and then I'll go. <laughs> Thank you, please. Our patrons demand it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he. Where, where <laughs> the fuck we're talking about? 19, we're still in the nineties, <laughs> but like the character of Black Adam is given a much more tragic backstory. He's right. given more of a regal kind of uh, attitude, and he is like set up as a much more top tier villain uh, within the universe of Shazam, and also the DC universe as part of the post crisis thing, where like. Because of pre-crisis, like there was an idea that, or oh no, wait, post. How many worlds were there? There were like eight I different realities, and the Shazam characters existed in their own world. Here, well, here's what I was gonna say. First of all, the Scarab. He gets uh, so Shazam. He gets uh, he gets taken down. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Black Adam gets taken down. 
he he eventually does when Shazam steps back in and he removes his power and he puts it into the body of a scarab in which the uh, he buries with him. So, of course, you got to bury the scarab with the power in it with the guy in the tomb of Ramses II. Uh, I don't, is the scarab going to be a thing, do you think, in the movie before I go I- on? God, I hope not. So you cut to the tw- late 20th century, and there's an archae- archaeological aide named Theo Adams. See where this is going? Mm. He realizes later he's the reincarnation of Black Adam. He comes across the scarab during during an excavation of Ramsey II and takes it back to America. He also kills the people he's with in order to do so, and he eventually speaks Shazam's name, and he transforms again into Black Adam. And with him initially established as a good guy gone bad in this reexamination of his origin, Writers Jeff Johns and David S. Goyer turn him into an anti-hero in their book, Justice Society of America. And that's where the JSA comes in. The, the JSA run is uh, kind of it's it's uh, Jeff Johns is like opening salvo. It's kind of where he put his name on the map in the DC Comics world. Uh, the Justice Society of America was in theory the first superhero team uh, appearing in All-Star Comics uh, number three. That's like 1940, uh, 1941. And uh, it was a lot of characters that I remember in the 90s before the Jeff Johns and this JSA run really like were kind of this. They were just kind of this vestigial thing where like there was old Flash and old Green Lantern and like the Atom and Sandman and like one of the versions of Hawkman. Like it was just this like nonsense group that I didn't care about full of old people. And uh, as we've talked about a lot of times on this show, it's when you have a piece of a larger multimedia universe where people actually aren't paying that much attention when like the suits don't care about a Atom movie. They don't care about an hour man uh, kind of, uh, television show, that's when you actually have the freedom to do some interesting stuff. And it became this kind of uh, amazing ensemble book with all of these interesting characters, all kind of uh, interacting with each other. This is where, uh, it's in theory, uh, who started it? It was uh, David S. Goyer who went on to write uh, several yeah. superhero movies, including the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, all this other stuff. And Jeff John. So I mentioned their two names uh, just just a little bit ago. Yeah. But yeah, they, they were the ones that end up during this time redefining the character to focus on his old-timey militant views of justice. Essentially, they turn him into that Punisher vigilante thing that The Rock right. will be playing in this movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's also his ego and everything else, which again feeds perfectly into like the rock and what he's all about. And so uh, they also add an interesting layer to the anti-hero thing by having Captain Marvel also join the JSA and not fully believe that black Adam is truly reformed, which creates all this tension within the group. So Johnson Goyer uh, also, also slightly retcon black Adam's origin to have him hailing from a fictional North African nation. I mentioned this up top uh, and blaze is replaced with the killing of his wife and children and conquering of his home by a supervillain. Which turn which turns him into a vengeful rage monster, and that's of course also where all the family bullshit comes in because you got the Rock. Hey, that's a man who knows about family, Jake, mm-hmm. and he needs to play a character that's going to be all about family, Jake. Especially if he's part already of the Fast and Furious franchise. I almost kind of feel like the way the Rock 
talks about the character and family this and family that. It's like he's like, yeah, I want to like just take Fast and the Furious and like apply it to superhero bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I mean, he serves a he serves an interesting role within the JSA story because, yes, he believes in doing what must be done. He is like an unrepentant. Uh, you know, he'll kill somebody if he has to. He doesn't see the lines that the heroes draw that separates them from the villains. Uh, characters like Adam Smasher, uh, like, kind of start believing his way of doing things and they kind of separate and it causes schisms in the group. And he's also this, in terms of power level, he is this insane alpha level, omega level uh, powerhouse within the universe. So, you know, it, he can do basically what he wants and what that means. They also get to go into uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl's kind of weird, insane origin story, which has been retconned and re-retconned 18 different times. They're Egyptian. They're aliens. They're alien Egyptians. They're reincarnated Egyptian aliens. Like, in, I can't even begin to unpack all that, but it gives... Uh, but with his background in North Africa, in Kandak and Egyptian politics, it gives them a backstory to work with. Um, and I feel like around 2005 uh, is when he starts entering the mainstream because he gets picked up to have vital roles in both the Infinite Crisis event and yeah. 52. Yeah, he becomes this really good utility player in terms of just like a giant threat. You know, mm-hmm. he's so easily put in the position of being a massive threat because of his power and his, you know, like lawful evil shit. Uh, so, it, yeah, it, it works. It works quite well for all of that. And so, yeah, in 52, that introduces a family to Black Adam, starting with him falling in love with an Egyptian slave and transforming her into the hero Isis. He also shares his powers with a boy who becomes Kid Osiris. That's right. Now Black Adam gets that family treatment uh, that uh, the original Captain Marvel family got in the first place. And this all ends, of course, horribly for Black Adam uh, with a big old murderous rampage, which is stopped by old Billy once more. So I loved, I loved 52. This was a unique event in comics at the time. It had this kind of murderer's row of writing talent behind it, including Jeff Johns, as well as uh, Greg Rucka, Mark Wade, and Grant Morrison. And it focused on all these like uh, kind of previously unsung heroes in the DC universe during a kind of quote unquote gap year where Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were out of commission. Um, it focused on characters like Renee Montoya and uh, John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Steel, and uh, Black Adam was one of them. And his storyline had all this like he became like the Dr. Doom of Kandak and like built this society based on his ideals of justice. He like learned to forgive himself through the love of Isis and Osiris's like adopted son. And uh, the main conflict of uh, the story involves this like super society of evil scientists that basically build from scratch the four horsemen of the apocalypse to take him down, um, which results in its own uh, crossover event called World War Three. This appeared in 2007. And uh, basically the writers of 52 kind of forgot to fill in a lot of the gaps uh, that they were supposed to cover in the core weekly series because they were so enamored with the characters they were working with. So in World War III, Black Adam, 
pissed off that like his family was murdered, uh, just starts going around the world wrecking shit. Like on the page, killing millions of people, killing minor characters, altering minor characters, just like kicking ass. There's an amazing panel uh, that I remember where uh, Captain Marvel Shazam uh, is like, I... So he's powered by Egyptian gods and I'm magical. So I went to see the Egyptian gods and they think it's hilarious. They are like for him. They like that he's doing this. They're not going to stop him. Um, and I honestly think it's because around the time this was airing or I'm sorry, this was being published. That was when the first buzz about the rock uh, being cast in this role first appeared because of course, if you picked up a book and saw this like jacked dude, just laying waste to entire cities and armies of superheroes as the most singular badass dude in the entire comic book universe, of course you'd be like, I want to play that guy. Exactly. And that is what the rock saw. Shall we get to him? Anything else on the black Adam comic book before the rock enters the room and manhandles all of us, flips us upside down and shakes us until all the coins fall out of our pants, Jake. In the uh, new 52 reboot of uh, Shazam that Jeff Johns did, they introduced a new origin of Black Adam where um, they do a really great like rug pull where it looks like he was this slave boy who was granted the power of Shazam to free his people. And at one point, um, uh, Billy Batson learns this through magical means and like detransforms. It's like, I know you're a kid just like me. You were scared. It doesn't have to be like this. And Black Adam's like, lol, nope. And tells him like, oh, no, 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 no. I was that kid's uncle and he used his power to save me. And then I murdered him and took his powers. <laughs> <laughs> And that plot line from the New 52 Shazam was basically the uh, almost beat for beat the story in the Shazam movie that mm. you enjoyed, mm -hmm. except the role of Black Adam was changed at the last minute for reasons we'll get into. Yeah, for reasons involving The Rock. And since then, Black Adam, especially in the intervening 15 years since The Rock has been attached to him, has had a place of prominence in the DC universe. He has been... You know, he's good again. He's bad again. He's good again. He's bad again. In the most recent one, they uh, introduced a sidekick named White Adam, uh, and they've been doing a lot just with him being this, like, weary kind of uh, leader of Kandak, forced to participate in the highs and lows of international affairs, and him just, like, being tired of the mortals and their and their yappy ways. So we covered The Rock's career in an early episode. Go back and check it out. It befuddles me how sparse my notes were from those early episodes to the point where I immediately want to go back and redo all of them. But regardless, we did cover his career all the way up to his voiceover work in Moana in 2016. But here is what has happened since. He continued to reprise his role as Luke Hobbs in the Fast and the Furious films, including Hobbs and Shaw in 2019. We watched it on our Patreon study session, $15 a month. You can join us on Discord every Sunday while we cover whatever we're covering that week. And that week we watched Hobbs and Shaw because we're doing Black Adam. You figure it out. Before that, he showed off more of his... Oh, Patreon.com forward slash Wizbrew. Yeah. Before that, he showed off... More of his comedy chops in the Jumanji reboot films, which I champion. I love those movies. I think they're, they're so funny and so fun to watch. Meanwhile, he produced a TV show about his life titled Young Rock. I haven't seen it yet. I, it looks to be solid. Uh, it's still running on NBC starting in 2021. Uh, just not a 
NBC primetime TV show watching kind of guy these days. He also launched his own line of tequila, Terramana, uh, which he promotes incessantly. And I believe we predicted this, or maybe we you, you talked about this later, Jake. And uh, back in the day, I still believe Rock is even being seriously considered by the public as a great candidate for the U.S. presidency. About that, he said in an interview, I don't think our founding fathers ever envisioned a 6'4", bald, tattooed, half black, half Samoan, tequila drinking, pickup truck driving, fanny pack wearing guy joining their club. But if it ever happens, it'd be my honor to serve you, the people. I mean, come on, he's going to get in. It's going to happen. Dude. He is a multiracial kaleidoscope. Like everybody looks at him and is like, that's my guy. Um, he grew up poor. He moved around a lot as a kid. So there's like eight different states where he could be like, I remember my time here in Milwaukee and like get yeah. everybody hyped up. Yeah, I got another follow up quote, quote for you. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know the first thing about politics. I don't know the first thing about policy. I care deeply about our country. I care about every fucking American who bleeds red yeah. and that's all of them. And there's no delusion here. I may have some decent leadership qualities, but that doesn't necessarily make me a great presidential candidate. That's where I am today. Come on! That's it's yeah. gold! It's no, gold! He's all about hustle grind set, but is still like a rich Hollywood right. guy. So right. like he, he can talk all. about bootstraps and like getting up every day doing what you can. Totally. And, but also be empathetic to like the working poor. Mm-hmm. And like like I, I'm saying it, whether or not it marks the new era of America or its final death knell, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. That above quote, by the way, is from a Vanity Fair article from 2021 in which the author Chris Heath writes, the simple empirical truth is this. Dwayne Johnson is the most successful movie star in the world and has been for some time. For each of the last five years, he was, according to Forbes' annual list, either the highest or second highest paid actor. In that period, he is estimated to have earned a total of $430.4 million. He's already halfway to a billionaire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Primed to conquer the world, a force of nature, a cultural fucking uh, singularity through which nothing cannot be affected by. <laughs> but in 2006, 2007, this was the guy from the from the Tooth Fairy. Oh no, Tooth yeah. Fairy was 2009. This was the guy from South from the Bad Doom movie doing a bad gay character in Be Cool and his biggest movie was The Scorpion King. Scorpion King ruled, bro. I saw it in the theater. I was an Attitude Era fan and it fucking ruled. 
yeah, the point is he was not the rock. He was right. he was not Dwayne. He couldn't even uh, be seven Dwayne bucks Johnson. Productions yeah, rock. Yeah, he yeah. was not Zoa CEO rock. He was very charismatic wrestler guy that was trying to get his foot in the door in Hollywood rock. And so it really it's like. And no, none of his decisions in 2006, 2007 should even apply to 2022. That rock. is crazy, actually. Yeah. But he was around this time. There was buzz about a New Line Cinema production of a Shazam movie. Uh, this was, you know, uh, post X-Men, post Spider-Man, like, but pre Iron Man. So we we're in that kind of middling days of superhero movies. And The Rock was being approached and they were like, hey, we need a we need a muscle guy who's charming. You should be Shazam. And then fans of his were like, you played a badass Egyptian guy in Scorpion King Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. I know he wasn't technically Egyptian, the character, whatever. Uh, You should be Black Adam instead. And, you know, he takes a meeting with Jeff Johns, takes a meeting with the film guys, sees World War Three, sees Black Adam fucking snapping necks and breaking backs. And it's like, I think I want to be that guy. I think I want to be the cooler guy. Yeah. And so Black Adam is in that initial script for Shazam. And so the film, while it's in this purgatory, it, it's, it gets on hold for a few years. He goes back and forth between, should I play Captain Marvel? Should I play Black Adam? Uh, But eventually, he announces he would play Black Adam in the early to mid-2010s. The Rock also, though, felt tonally he should be the villain. He should not be the villain in the first film. And that these need to be two different projects. So even back at this point, by this time, early to mid-2010s, he's able to leverage a production studio to split a movie into two, a giant superhero vehicle, which is kind of nuts for the time, uh, for sure. So it happens. So this split happens around 2017 Okay, is when is when like The Rock. Uh, and this is post Fast and the Furious, like five, six, seven. So he's this got is the leverage. Moana. Yeah. This is like this is a different rock than who originally signed up for it. And it makes sense that he's like a. I don't want to be the second banana. B, I want more money. And C, I want my production company to be involved because I have a production company now and that's where the real money is. Yeah, totally. Rock has this to say about wanting to play the villain. Very convenient, canned comment uh, to help DC with their marketing. Since I was a little boy, I've admittedly always been into DC. I'm not. I'm of that time when on Saturday mornings we had super friends. So I've always been a champion and advocate of DC heroes, but also the villains. DC has the best villains. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, he's, he's not, not wrong. wrong. They have the best rogues gallery. The Rock also said there's no character. I mean, 90% of those are Batman's rogues, but yeah. it uh, still counts. Still counts. He also said there's no character that I've ever felt more connected to for a variety of reasons. You have this guy who, as our director likes to call him, the Dirty Harry of superheroes. I mean, the other thing about him, though, that makes him perfect for the superhero movie business, especially the fledgling DCU, is his incredible marketing prowess, including on social media. Here are his guidelines, by the way, for posting on socials. Be authentic, 
be real, and try to make sure every social post has a quality and meaning behind it. Offering some takeaway uh, for people and being aware about never wasting anyone's time with a bullshit post about nothing. But I'll tell you, as we navigate our way through COVID's harsh ebbs and flows, I found myself trying to be uh, trying to use a much lighter touch with my words since things on social media are so easily triggering these days. Clickbait stuff. Lighter touch and quality I try to use daily when connecting with people through social media. And if I can make you laugh and smile, I'll try to do that too. And uh, another uh, great thing when it comes to w- that makes uh, production studios see dollar signs is even just his approach to acting itself. He said, there are a lot of actors and a lot of my friends that utilize the platform of acting to explore their emotional shit. What has worked for me is a lighter touch as it relates to that. I would prefer not to explore my emotional shit in my uh, in my movies because for me, that's my responsibility to go figure out. That's a lot of sludge. It's more important to me to impact as many people as possible on day one. I don't need acting to work out my personal shit. I work it out on my own. Pull up your bootstraps, Jake. I know, Jesus. right? I just, all of these statements... Just made me go, all right, Rock. Okay, we get. I mean, he, at some point, it was like a few years ago, definitely uh, uh, ramped up, I feel like, especially even through COVID. He just became this marketing robot. Like, yeah. he's just, he just sells. Like, he's like a fu- fucking ultimate used car salesman. In Idiocracy, the idea of the joke of Camacho as like, oh, a wrestler is going to be president. There is no one better, more equipped to like reading a room and giving the people what they want and acutely understanding the psychodynamics of popularity and leadership than a fucking wrestler. It's yeah. like the if you can command Madison Square Garden with a single eyebrow, chances are you yeah. know how to make an Instagram post that people will go, hey, I like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's also crazy to me that like during all this development hell, like The Rock is just people are always asking him about Black Adam. He's like, yeah, man, still down for it. Look, look, looking forward to it. He's rad. I'm rad. Uh, You know, there's over a decade of like bad fan art on DeviantArt of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a in a superhero costume looking all smarmy through eight different iterations of his haircuts. Yeah. And even like, and the fact is it created this feedback loop because the character of black Adam, they made a, like a short animated film as part of the DC animated universe called like Superman Shazam, the return of black Adam. Like the character always had this heat because he was tied to the rock in this way. It was like this Ouroboros uh-huh. of the character getting pops because the actor was getting pops because the hero was getting pops. Yeah. And I just, it's just, it's, I still, I just genuinely can't believe that like he stuck with it. And this is actually going to be a movie that's coming out. Yeah. I mean, of course, obviously it was supposed to start shooting in 2019. It gets delayed because of COVID as well as the rocks, other projects, the Jumanji sequel, red notice, things like that. So filming finally commences in 2021 in Atlanta, Georgia. It lasted around four months. It was directed by Jean Collier, Sarah, who also did jungle cruise starring the rock, uh, which I, I quite enjoyed. It was a fun. Romp. Another thing we learned about the rock. If he, pre- he, if he likes you, he'll, bring you in for others basically if he knows you're not gonna like give him shit yeah he'll like he'll take you to the top with him 
and before that, he started out with horror stuff like House of Wax and Orphan. So at least that speaks towards him being able to delve into the darker aspects of this storyline. Oh, when it turns out that uh, Black Adam is actually a 30-year-old woman with a weird <laughs> development. I fucking hope so, man. <laughs> all of these things. Give me all of them. And then they burst into song. In terms of cinematic universe stuff, the film will introduce the Justice Society of America. Of course, all these studio execs, all they want are groups. Do we have a do we have a name for a group of them uh, that we can try to spin into some kind of giant money making machine like well, the Avengers? Oh God, that's the other thing. Is Jeff Johnstar has been on the rise this entire time as well because he's a head creative muckety muck at DC Film slash Warner Brothers Discovery, and so like as. So, of course, like he's bringing in all these characters from the run that got his foot in the door. Like, of course. Yeah, The Rock said the whole goal was that our film was going to set off a larger, get ready for it, Jake, universe Mm. where we are. Where we were able to introduce the JSA and then also build from there. If audiences respond to these characters, which we believe they would, and now we see that they do, we want to honor their mythologies and build out their stories for their own and on their own in terms of spinoffs, movies, Jake, TV shows, and things like that. I swear to God, <laughs> if this movie hits and by Octo- by Halloween, I'm seeing a bunch of little kids dressed as fucking Hawkman, yeah, Adam yeah. Smasher, I mean, and Dr. Do- Fate. Dr. Dr. Fate. Pierce Brosnan. I mean, he's great. He proceed. I believe the character actually proceeds, you know, the character 100% precedes Dr. Strange with his little yellow underpants and golden helmet. But like, <laughs> again, these were... The fucking, these were the old guard. These were the shit tier. These were, even Black Adam was like this forgotten nothing Well, you just said you really liked the 52 storyline in the comics. I mean, if they did, maybe did something like that. Like, oh, Superman. Yeah, because they were playing with all these like lost toys and forgotten corners of the DC universe. Yeah, Superman got his toes magicked away by a... a a different evil doctor and then you know and then they have to step in or you know what I mean I mean I guess if we live in a world where like the average eight year old knows who Rocket Raccoon is fuck me I don't even know right exactly Uh, so Star Lord fucking Mario is Star Lord that's a sentence that makes sense (laughs) so uh, I will say looking into that special effects stuff is pretty cool I mentioned a little bit of it earlier they they push some technology forward in this production namely with the costumes which incorporated a lot of 3D printing. Uh, and a side note, by the way, Black Adam's costume, The Rock's costume, is one of the rare instances where they needed no pads. Yeah, buddy. And in fact, they had to remove pads. Uh, they also had these flying rigs I mentioned before. Um, Collier Sarah said, it used to be that you put an actor on wires, and wires are so limiting for many reasons. So we were, I think, one of the first to actually use robots. Uh, special Ooh. effects... He also said special effects supervisor J.D. Schwalm brought basically a car manufacturing robot, one of those arms, and he adapted it so, to, so that Dwayne could stand on it. This is the director talking. Uh, it was then pre-programmed to get this very dynamic, intricate movement sequences. So I'm very curious to just see how that translates to screen. They also utilize, I kind of got lost in a little rabbit hole on this. I thought this was fascinating. The volume technology. Have you heard of the volume technology coming am, out of? 
no idea. It's uh, it was developed by Industrial Light and Magic and was first uh, largely used in The Mandalorian. It's a Lucas George Lucas joint. It's like look it up. It is this circular studio comprised of high definition oh this shit. LED panels, but they're put all around in a three sixty like you know in a in a in a sphere. It's in a way that it do, you can, you can't even tell it's like seamlessly connected so you can't it, it all looks like one screen and essentially they're able to like put an actor inside of it and it's just, I think it's a big solution for green screen is what it seems to me where no you more can, matte paintings no yeah, more backgrounds they can create like they can put the entire environment on the on these screens 360 so not only do they get the shot without like applying the green screen stuff but also the actor feels you know fucking 10 times more immersed not that the, the rock needs scene. that he worked that shit out in the gym oh, he just yeah. shows up and does his goddamn job Koye Sarah said and look up a picture of this for the Mandalorian it, it's really cool looking Koye Sarah said we put Dwayne in a completely three, 360 degree very small volume with a hundred cameras his whole body becomes a CG asset and his performance uh, then can be inserted into a shot and we can use any virtual camera move on him. The Rock said, I would go on set, get put in the apparatus and start flying. <laughs> Not only did it allow uh, Larry Shear, who's the director of photography, and uh, Jean to be able to see the scene as I'm flying, I saw it too in 360 degrees and where I would lean, the city would lean. I would fly around buildings, but I'm watching myself do this and controlling it. It was unbelievable. That fucking rock and roll. That's fucking dope, dude. It definitely it. sounds a lot better than the wire harness he lowered himself into during San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, for his first turn in the realm of superheroes, The Rock got fucking ripped. <laughs> The Rock said, the training we did for this movie was the most arduous I've ever done in my life. I promise you this. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. What, does he think if he can beat up Henry Cavill in real life, <laughs> yeah, that means so. his character can win? I think he thinks that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Superman famously does have a weakness to magic, which does give him a disadvantage with any of the Marvel family uh, as portrayed in several different uh, stories as well as the Kingdom Come miniseries, but I mean, you know, Superman's very inventive. It, it would come down to whether or not uh, Black Adam can go for a killing blow fast enough. Totally, totally. Yeah, replace, I hope they do the whole death of Superman, but they just replace Doomsday with Black Adam played by The Rock. Jesus. Him getting massive is all thanks, by the way, to his strength and conditioning coach, Dave Rienzi, um, as well as apparently, uh, according to one article, Zoa Energy, the fastest growing energy drink brand in the country. Find your glory, write your story, Learless feet will carry you. If you go to the Puppet Jared stream <laughs> on any given week, you will hear me talk about Zoa. Uh, I think it's so goddamn funny. I think it is hilarious in a sea of energy drinks. You go to a 7-Eleven, there's like two entire cases full of just 
legal. We talked about this in our energy drink episode. It is legal speed for an entire class of people that like have just nonstop productivity trying to get squeezed out of them. And if they stop for a second, like a shark, they will die and drown. Anytime I go to a rave, I fill one of those giant workout thermoses with Terramana and Zoa. Mix them together and let's call it my rocket juice. But like the rock is like, no, you're a warrior. You're a healthy warrior. Right, you are right. taking care of your body, mind, and soul. Right. And like all the other energy drinks are just like, it's called the glizzo. You <laughs> shove it in your eye socket. It's the glizzo. It's got 800 milligrams of goof juice. Yeah, stay up longer for gaming, you turd. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the rock is like, hey, I know you got to pick up your kids this afternoon and you're kind of flagging. And also don't forget to hit the gym, bro. You got to hit the gym. Look, I understand that we have to cover some more fundamental nerd culture fandoms on this show, all right? But I just want to say this was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a fun one. I have a ridiculous quote to close this out. Do you have anything else? This movie, is it out by the time this comes out? I feel like we also, this is the curse of the show. If we cover something that hasn't quite come out yet uh, when I mean, we record it, it sucks. there's been a lot of like very... <laughs> Supposedly, there's rumors going around that this movie tested as badly as Batgirl did. Really? <laughs> and like just the and like they just need a hit. Like I don't I don't have very high hopes for this movie. I just mm, bit you of know, a rubber rock, tree plant. Yeah. The rock giveth, the rock take it away. I would I hate, you know, he's gonna be a multiverses character. That's neat. Sure. But the character in itself is such a weird anomaly that if it wasn't for the the fact that both Jeff Johns and The Rock have tied mm -hmm. their future to this character, I don't know if it would be the next big superhero hit. Oh, yeah. It looks kind of drab. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's got it's just got a lot of grim, dark brown, whereas like Venom was another antihero that made big waves in the box office and then tanked. But, like, at least they had fun with the character. I don't know if people I, – I don't even know what people want anymore. I yeah. genuinely don't. If I did, I'd be The Rock. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, we get to see a Dr. Fate movie starring Pierce Brosnan. I hope that sure. DC Comics and Warner Brothers doesn't get, like, absorbed into just another, like, just the, the dustbin of history and – our IP creative uh, dollar just gets funneled into fewer and fewer companies. You know, the world needs more heroes and I hope, I hope we uh, can get them in a way that doesn't suck, but it's just, <laughs> it's, this is the most unlikely story in the entire superhero movie boom that and I've these ever are, these read. And these are the weirdest years that we've come across so far. It's this rebuilding season for the MCU, so even they are in this weird spot. DCU has just never been in a more flailing strange, uh, in a world where we have its Morbin time. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is such a strange landscape these days. And I don't even understand. I don't even know how I feel about it, much less what other people want. Uh, but here I leave you with this quote from The Rock and we'll get out of here. We'll give our plugs and everything. So soak it in. Really take this one in because this is really kind of I, I got almost a little emotional. Dwayne The Rock Johnson said, Black Adam has a unique code of ethics, too. He will not hesitate, and I like to have a little fun when I'm explaining this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's just... He will not hesitate. I like to have a little fun when I'm explaining this. To rip somebody in half. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally. He'll grab someone by the neck and then... <laughs> 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 Literally, he'll grab somebody by the neck and the thigh and then rip them off. <laughs> Imagine them the apart. 12-year-old hearing that and being like, wow, so cool. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Okay. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Is our Are our nation's 12-year-olds desperate to see The Rock in a skin-tight bodysuit rip a guy in half? Is that what the people demand? Rip them up, tear them apart, and let's see if you tear apart the box office rock with this one. I I hope for it. I love it, and I love you, dude, and I just want to hang out with you and drink your tequila with you and have a cheat meal with you one of these days. All right. Well, uh, (laughs) I guess we get in the plugs. Nothing else, Jake. You got nothing I think you said it all. I, all think right. we, I think we broke it down. There you go. If you want to follow us further, uh, check us out at patreon.com forward slash whizbrew at the $5 layer. We have ad-free episodes, $5 layer and $15, any layer, any tier you could be on. Help us, God, by joining it. And then Hi, also- everybody. This is Jake uh, interrupting <laughs> for a quick second. What Hogan is trying to say is that if you are able to support the Patreon, it genuinely makes a difference in our lives, and your support uh, is genuinely what keeps the lights on. And, you know, sometimes uh, you, you kind of you say, oh, I'll do it later, or like, ah, I like this show. Right. If you like the show, you will love the bonus episodes. You just get an RSS link. You can add it to whatever podcatcher pod app you want, and you'll get the bonus episodes and the ad-free mainstream episodes all in one place. Uh, just a nonstop cavalcade of great Whizbrew content from your favorite uh, middle-aged dorks. There you go. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, you tried. I tried so hard. I'm just delirious at this point. Uh, on Thursday here, we're recording this. Also, check me out, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. I am now streaming Monday through Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I can't even break down the schedule. Just go look it up. Uh, But Monday, I'll just say Monday, Tuesday, Friday is an evening stream, early evening, late evening for some of you. Uh, And uh, Wednesday Wednesday and Thursday are morning streams, doing a daytime talk show on Wednesday with um, Lexi, my beautiful wife. And on Thursday, I'm gaming, a dedicated gaming stream, finally playing all sorts of things. Check me out, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenator. So we already mentioned Puppet Jared, youtube.com forward slash Puppet Jared, twitch.tv forward slash Puppet Jared. Jared, aka Jake, tell them what, tell them what they're working the with. The flagship stream of the Puppet Jared endeavor is the Thursday Cartoon Dumpster. Thursday nights, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, we watch weird old bad cartoons that you probably never heard of, and if you have heard of them, then you'll enjoy it even more. Uh, it is, uh, think of your favorite Saturday morning cartoon block meets MST3K. We always have a great time. It is an insane thing. And every week somebody wanders into the chat and is like, hey, I finally came to watch this after you plugged it incessantly on the podcast. And you were right. I am yeah. enjoying this. So don't you want to be like those people? Don't you want to bask in the enjoyment? I think you do. I'm telling you, Puppet Jared's great. He will not hesitate. And I like to have fun, a little fun when I'm explaining this, to rip someone in half. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he'll grab someone by the neck and the thigh and rip them up, tear them apart. <laughs> and hey, always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing, especially if you drink a lot of Zoa that day. Zoa energy. This show is made possible by listeners like you. 
Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.